Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello there. Welcome. It's a Monday in July, specifically the 15th. <laughs> July 15. So, uh, man. Never mind, I won't say it. I say it all the time, right? Things seem to be moving fast. I I hate to do this to you and jump right in on a Monday, but I have to tell you that um, even for this president, that tweet yesterday, when I saw it, took my breath away. Uh, took my breath away... Um, made my blood run cold <laughs> in its just blatant, blatant racism and xenophobia and white nationalism. There is, I, there was nothing subtle. And uh, I don't know. I was going to say even more troubling. I don't know. Uh, that Republican elected officials said nothing. Mitch McConnell's office declined to comment. I mean, we are seeing in real time um, how a nation turns into uh, a white nationalist uh, country. I mean, this, this, this vein in American, in the American body politic has, of course, always been there. It has been there since our inception. It's been there before our inception in that the first white Europeans who came to these shores and claimed it for themselves uh, pretty much, not pretty much, stole it from people who were already here. Those people were not white. And when it wasn't enough to steal the land from them, they massacred them, marched them in death marches onto reservations. The Native American population of this country has never recovered from that. And then, of course, the white Europeans who stole this land and then called it theirs, uh, imported human labor in the form of Africans who were not considered citizens. They weren't even considered humans. They were slaves, property. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I guess what many of us, and I'm <clears throat> I'm going to suggest that it's, when I say many of us, I'm talking as a white person, albeit not quite as white as the white nationalists would uh, acknowledge, because I don't fit into their scheme either by virtue of the fact that I'm not Christian. I lost my train of thought. I am not going to say anything you haven't thought. Um, anyone who would argue that Donald Trump is not a racist, anyone who would argue that Donald Trump is not a uh, xenophobe and, in fact, a white nationalist, uh, 
would have to do some mighty fancy footwork. And that's all it would be. I regained my train of thought. White people. Whoops. When it's white people, like some of you and me, who are most stunned by what we're seeing. Black people, Native Americans, <laughs> not so much. They saw it every day in their lives. And we, not so much. And now, anyone who doesn't acknowledge that racism in this country is rampant, and stubborn and perhaps um, the, the default position of probably over one-third of the population. And I don't know what percentage of the white population It's higher than I ever realized. Um, any Republican coming out now and saying something or other, uh, you're a little late. It's just astonishing how these mostly white, well, mostly men, all white, care more about their position and retaining their jobs than they do about what is happening to our country. A country that was always racist but a country which many times in its history struggled to be better. And in those struggles to be better, the Civil War, the Civil Rights Movement, the Women's Movement, the Gay Rights Movement, in all of these ways where we tried to push ourselves to be what we advertised ourselves to be, give me your tired, your poor. And now, we're seeing how many of the people that always were there to push back were always on the wrong side of history. Now have a president openly, openly. Plenty of presidents have been racists. But a president in these times daring to show his unadulterated racism and to use it, which he has from day one, to achieve the position he's achieved. Why should he think this doesn't work? This is the guy who said the president before him was not an American, right? Birtherism. Where's your birth certificate? And why did he do that? Because he wasn't white. <laughs> <laughs> 
you don't look like an American to me, is how Donald Trump processes seeing a black man in the Oval Office. Americans are white people. And presidents are men, white, Christian. The astonishing thing is for him calling out these four women and then telling them to go back to the countries they originally came from. Those were the president's words. How do you go back to the place you're living? I mean, you, how, do, how do three of the four women go back to the country they originally came from when they originally came from Detroit and Boston Who am I forgetting? Presley's from Boston, and Bronx, the Bronx, excuse me. How do you uh, come back? And how would you say that? You would say that because all of the women he called out were not white. They weren't white. They are women. They are the other. They are not real Americans. And anyone who isn't white will tell you that even if their families have been in this country for five, six, seven, eight generations, they will still be asked, where did you come from? Because this idea that so many Americans still carry in their head that an American is a white person. You see an Asian looking person. And I'm asking you white folks, do you think, I wonder where they came from? Even though they might have come from Wilmer Ding. I don't know. Do you? Mm -hmm. I don't think there's an Asian, eth ethnically Asian person, racially Asian. The, all these things are such bullshit. Asian, uh, let's just say non-white. If you are a non-white person in this country, you have had this question asked of you, without a doubt. Because an extraordinary number of Americans still haven't gotten it through their heads that Americans come in every shade of the rainbow. Yeah, they're born here in every shade of the rainbow. But to white nationalists, if your people came from Africa came from Asia, came from South America, you're not really American, and you never will be in their eyes. And the silence from the entire Republican Party tells you one thing, that this is now a white nationalist party composed, comprised of racists, xenophobes, and cowards. If any of you haven't heard the tweet, I'm going to read it now. So interesting to see progressive Democrat Congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, the most corrupt. Now, I want to stop right there, because as I said before, three of the four, only Omar, was born outside of the United States. She was born in Somalia. 
and came here as a, as a refugee and is now, of course, not only a U.S. citizen, she is a member of Congress. But be that as it may, here is the president saying that these four Democratic women of color who or originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, the most corrupt, inept, and on and on he goes. Well, seeing as three of the four came from the United States of America, I might actually sign on to what the president's saying there. You know, he's, he's right. These three women coming from the United States did come from a corrupt and... Um, country whose government is a total catastrophe. The United States of America, headed by Donald Trump and the white nationalists that call themselves Republicans. And then he accuses them of viciously, that's the word, and now they dare these women who come from Chicago, the Bronx, Boston, and now they're viciously telling the people of the United States the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Our government, he says, meaning the white man's government, how dare these four women, women, color, how dare they actually be in that government? When he speaks of the government, they are in the government. Elected to it by the people. As the founding fathers wrote in the Constitution was the way this government was supposed to function. And then because they're women of color, he says, why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? This is, again, this sense of people of color inhabiting hell holes, shit holes another phrase he used, um, people of color creating crime-infested neighborhoods. Infested is a great word for white nationalists because they often accuse people of color of being a kind of infestation. So the verbiage this guy uses is such classic racist language and to see it so even for him so unbelievably blatant scared the hell out of me and then this should be a warning to us he because of these progressive women of color who have shown themselves, despite their freshman status, unwilling to play the quiet freshman role and even taking on norms and the leadership of their own party, garnering a lot of anger from their party's leadership the president sees an opportunity to further divide the Democrats. And this is troublesome. That is a whole other conversation. That is troublesome. I don't know if you're aware of the, uh, AOC's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's 
chief of staff. He also is a person of color. He, um, his parents originally from India, I believe. And um, he's the one who enraged Pelosi and a whole bunch of others by suggesting, and if, if you're not following this, you need to, by suggesting that other Democratic members of Congress were racists, were racists. Here's what happens when you do that. You help real racists like Donald Trump make the word meaningless. So AOC's chief of staff his name is Seket Chakru Chakrabarty. Tweeted, this is where we are now, guys. Everything happens with tweets. Tweeted that he believed another Democratic female member of Congress who also happens to be a person of color, her name is Sharice Davids. She is only the second Native American. Actually, they both came in at the same time. She is one of two Native American women elected to the Congress, the first ever in 2016. And AOC's chief of staff suggested that one of these Native American women, and let me get his words, was enabling a racist system. Not quite calling her a racist, but because she voted in a way that was in opposition to what he thought they should have voted, he charges her with being a racist. This is a bridge too far for the vast majority of the Democrats in the House. And that is where they rose and they rebuked him and the others. They also suggested that any of these Democrats including Nancy Pelosi, who allowed this uh, bill that uh, funds border security, allowed it to go through, compared them to, here, I'll get the quote again, and this is his quote again, they certainly seem hell-bent to do to black and brown people what the old Southern Democrats did in the 40s. Those, those old Southern Democrats in the 40s are now the Republican Party. Those old Southern Democrats in the 40s were racists. So again, suggesting that anyone who doesn't vote with them is enabling racists, is acting like these segregationists, these... That then allows a real racist like Donald Trump to do his tweet, which ended, by the way, with saying Nancy Pelosi will happily pay for your tickets back to your shithole countries. This is where these progressive freshmen <laughs> are making some serious, to my mind, serious tactical errors. They are creating more division. They're creating a situation that then allows, if you call or suggest that Nancy Pelosi and, um, and Sharice Davids and anyone who didn't vote the way you voted is a racist when it is not true, then when you call someone else a racist, like Donald Trump, which is true, you have already devalued the word. 
Everyone who doesn't agree with you is not a racist. It just becomes a word you throw at people. And it's got to stop. Democrats doing this open warfare with each other, heading into the most consequential election in our history, where we have one job and one job only, and that is to rid this country of every Republican officeholder we can, especially the one at the top. We need to take the Senate. We need Mitch McConnell on the back benches. We need to keep the House. And the only way we keep the House is by re-electing people like Sharice Davids who come out of not the Bronx, who come out of places that Republicans can win in. The only reason we have the House, the only thing we do have, is not because AOC won in Queens. That was a Democratic seat. It's because of people like Sharice Davids and all these others and, and Connor Lamb, moderate Democrats, who flipped those districts. And the progressives in this sort of all-out warfare against their own party are making it conceivable that we could lose the House again. It is easy if you come from Queens. It is easy if you come from Presley's district in Boston. It is easy if you come from these four districts to rant and rave and be as progressive as you want to be because you're going to get reelected. <coughs> Your districts do not look like America. They don't. They might be diverse as hell, but they don't look like America in that they are way more progressive, the electorate there, than in the vast majority of the very moderate to conservative United States of America. And the Democrats are looking like they're going to do it again. In this primary, we're going to pull so far to the left that we're going to cost people who gave us the House their re-election seats. I'm impressed as hell by so much of what AOC does. But she is playing with serious fire here. And this chief of staff of hers needs to be reined in. Laura writes, amazing, people have been fired for posting words of hate that they've even apologized for and, and still fired and careers have been ruined and yet this is our president who gets to this openly racist treat. And Laura says, why do we put up with him? Well, we elected him, kind of. And we... We cannot screw this up. And fighting amongst ourselves, devaluing the charge of racism, those things are not helpful. This is what Lindsey Graham said, like, I give a shit. Did you see that he said he looked at those men um, in the cages and said, I don't care if they keep him there for 400 what a days, years, it doesn't matter. He says he, he looked at him and he saw dangerous people. Caged men like animals. 
go to the Humane Society. They don't put that many dogs in that each dog has his own cage. You know? No, um, he saw caged men whose skin was brown, and he saw criminals. And here's what he said on Fox News. We all know that AOC and this crowd are a bunch of communists. They hate Israel. This is another thing. Boy, they're going after the Jews. Jews always end up in the middle of this shit, too. At read, you see Israel, read Jew. There's no difference in people's heads. When Lindsey Graham says they hate Israel, people hear they hate Jews. Okay? And since that's something that a lot of people can agree with, Caller, go ahead, please. Hello. 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 Yeah. Um, hey, uh, I agree with you. I'm going to wait till next year to see how it goes. But uh, I, at the point right now, Democrats could screw this all up with this infighting and all this other crap. If they don't get on the same page, it's it's going to be a disaster. You can't have all that, and and all this, all these people running too. It just got to get get that uh down to a five people or something it, it's so ridiculous there's too many people running it looks like a clown show just like the republicans they yeah. need to get down to like four or five people and let's decide well you know ways I wouldn't... the process will whittle it down but uh right now uh yeah it's god and then they're cutting down biden don't cut cut trump down Quit going trying to do these cheap shots. I, I just can't see it. It just takes the other person down, and then it gives the ammunition to Trump. Exactly. You gotta just got to do it on the issues. You got to do what your policies are. I don't care. Everybody has some things they did in the past. You could find out with Harris. She she put a lot of black men in jail, in prison. So, I mean, everyone could find something about someone. And to use that as a political, try to get ahead, I don't think much of people one way or the other. I just, I wish they could get on the issues of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. That they always seem oh, no, to get well, on but that but part, of, part of why they can't is the media. If you look at these debates... They don't talk necessarily about policy. They, the media loves the division stuff. They love to stoke it. It creates, uh, you know, tension, drama, and uh, the train wreck that uh, draws people to their, to their television screens and radio shows. Yeah. The media is not our friend in this regard because no. they have no, no they, ability to control themselves. They just well, want MSNBC to make an offer office they he helped they helped every friday they had his rallies on he got more time on tv than yeah. anybody so and then they bitch about him now but they were part of getting him in there mm-hmm. he got free uh sure. you know advertising and let me tell you even if it, even if he is defeated he will still be a mainstay on all of oh yeah he, he's not going yeah. away even if he is <laughs> defeated he will still yep. claim probably more airtime than whoever is the president. Right. Oh, we got one messed up, messed up apparatus here, and we're not. I'm not just talking about. I'm talking about all our major institutions are messed up, big time, oh, yeah. and all of it by money. It's all corrupted by money, no doubt. Yeah. Thank you. And this Mahler, this guy, he's a Marine, he's a decorated Marine, come on, let's be a big guy now and tell what you, the hell with all this bullshit, just come out and say how you feel and what you would have done. He's not going to do that. You're not under Trump anymore, come out and say it, I mean, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, see you. Bye. Bye. I just want to, some guy, 
said this in regard to me squawking about uh, the, la- the the danger of the Democrats giving an, a, a, a must-win election away, an obvious winning uh, you know scenario, and managing to lose away. Our history is replete with it. The left in the Democratic Party hated hum- Hubert Humphrey, right? We were for, I was Gene McCarthy, or we were for uh, Robert Kennedy, or we were for McGovern, it didn't matter, but we didn't want Humphrey. He had been Johnson's vice president. We got Humphrey. And guess what the nation got? President Nixon. No, they didn't like Humphrey. So Humphrey, excuse me, what am I saying? Sometimes I am just like, so Humphrey doesn't get the nomination. Instead, we nominate George McGovern, who goes down to unbelievable defeat because he's way far to the left of where the electorate is, and we get Richard Nixon. The left didn't like Al Gore. He wasn't left enough. So a lot of them went off and voted for Ralph Nader in Florida and other states. And so the Democrats again gave the White House to the Republicans with an assist from the Supreme Court. And we got George W. Bush, the Iraq War, and the holy hell that's come since. The left couldn't stand Hillary Clinton. And so, what'd they do? Yeah, the Bernie bros picked up their balls and, you know, refused to vote. And um, some went and voted for Stein or sat it out. And what'd we get when the Democrats savaged their own candidate? And a whole bunch of people who call themselves Democrats, who vote for Democrats, but the Democrat that gets nominated is never left enough for them. They sit it out. They both vote third party. And what do you get? You get Donald Trump. Scary. Gigi writes, how much of a role do you think Russia has right now in fomenting division and distraction? Well, here's this much we know. We now are schooled in this. There's got, the Russian bots got to be so busy right now so that a lot of what they're doing is fomenting further trouble. Um, and the more we give them gifts like this, and you see how readily they grab it, how Trump readily grabbed it, how Graham has literally grabbed it, all over, they'll grab it, and I just beg the progressives to see the bigger picture here, to shut the F up and win the election, then you can start blah, 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 and undercutting the Democratic president. But first you got to get a Democrat in. If we manage to lose this election and Trump is reelected, told my son last night I'm too old to leave but I would tell him to because he is a young person of color I would tell him you get the heck out of here
Gigi says, I truly do not recognize my country right now. Well, I have that feeling too, but again, I think, Gigi, part of it is us white folks were living in a dream. Um, I think we're seeing our country now. And the ugliness of it. And here's where I will again say that in many respects, Donald Trump is the perfect embodiment of what our country has come to. A farce. An ugly, hateful, narcissistic, self-indulgent, vulgar farce. The perfect representation of this fat, lazy, rich, selfish nation with all the wrong values promoted. I think in some ways he is a perfect, I'm sorry, embodiment of the rot that we have allowed. Enough of that. I um, I want to share with you something uh, I thought was just amazing that I did not know who this guy was. Does anybody know who Charles Alley is or Ally? A-L-L-I-E. Alley. Charles Alley. I never heard of him before, and um, I'm looking at a article in the New York Times magazine about him. And uh, Charles Alley lives here in Pittsburgh, born, raised here in Pittsburgh, married in Pittsburgh, raised a family here in Pittsburgh. He's a Pittsburgher. He's 71 years old, and why don't I know him? And why do I have to read about him in the New York Times? Now, granted, maybe local journalists did stuff on him, and I missed it. About uh, five years ago, um, Charles Alley uh, went to Monaco to accept an award there. The award was given by the International Association of Athletic Federations. And Charles Alley was there to accept the award for the Male Masters Athlete of the Year. This is international. And I never heard of him. You know who else collected one of the awards there that same day? Usain Bolt. He was there to collect his award for the Senior Athlete of the Year. Charles Alley holds world records in track in the 200 meters. He holds the world record. He holds the 400 uh, meter record granted, in his age class. But he is so dominant an athlete that, and I haven't seen anything in the local paper, I looked for it, there was a meet this weekend in which he was going to try to add a third, a nearly impossible third record he wants to break the over 70 world record for the 100 meters he wanted to. I don't know if he did this weekend because the Masters National Championships were held 
It is nearly impossible, according to the Times article, for anyone at any age to hold world records for the 100, the 200, and the 400 simultaneously. Usain Bolt never did. Bolt has had the records in the 100 and the 200, but he didn't manage the 400. Michael Johnson had the records at one point for the 200 and the 400, but didn't have the 100. And Charles Alley, heading into this weekend, held the world record for the 200 and the 400. And I couldn't wait to see if he won it, the 100 record. He has been called a once-in-a-generation athlete, like Usain Bolt. He's been studied by researchers of exercise and physiology <laughs> because his performances put him at the edge of any curve that is what is normal. He is so extraordinarily fast for a man his age. It says here he won the city championship when he was in high school here. I don't know what high school he was at. They don't say. He coached middle school sports. He coaches some little kids now. He doesn't get paid a penny for this. Total amateur stuff. But he's setting world records. One of our own. He's amazing. Let me show you him. Here's just one picture. That this is a 71-year-old man. Is that up there? He has, he has the body. I mean, that's the body of a really well, uh, well-conditioned, what, 20-year-old? He's 71. The kids he uh, coaches say, man, you got to really push yourself to try to keep up with him. <laughs> kids, teenagers can't. Times article said running next to Ali can be humbling. From the moment he starts, he just goes away. Sprinting off as if on air. Septuagenarians are not supposed to go this fast. Just wanted you to know about this amazing guy, and I'd sure like to know if he did it. I have noted uh, before that I am um, I'm annoyed by a word, a synonym for earthquake, right? You know it, right? Right? Temblor. <laughs> I've voiced this annoyance before. Temblor. And I have said, it doesn't make any sense. I can understand tremblor. That would make sense. And thank God somebody finally, and this is from the Wall Street Journal, they have a column on words, and they finally, finally have explained this stupid word, temblor. It is a synonym. And it's from the Spanish where it means trembling. Yeah, but where the Spanish get it? The Spanish are the ones that made the error here, if you ask me. Because the Latin term, I'm sorry, I get off on this. The Latin term for, let me make sure I got this right because I never took Latin. The Latin word tremulus, L-U-S, not L-O-U-S, tremulus means shaking. And in fact, we just picked it up, and in English, we have a word, tremulous, we added an O in there, O-U-S, which means bleh, shaking. 
trem, there's an R, tremulous, and tremulous. And that's the same root where you get tremor, where you get tremble. So how all of a sudden do you get tem? I mean, it's not none of these words are temble or temor or somehow the R got dropped in Spanish and then somehow that Spanish temblor with the R missing got into English usage, temblor. But I just want to say this. I loved this. A guy who is a volcanologist and science journalist, a guy named Robin George Andrews, so we can say this guy knows proper word usage because this is his area. He says, Tremblor. He says, Tremblor. He says, it is perfectly fine. So I, I just want, will you reporters stop with the temblor? It is just, it's like showing off. And here is a synonym. They start talking about an earthquake, and then they all of a sudden say the temblor. And I rem I'm sure all of us, when we first saw it, said, what, what, what? So anyway, I love it when <clears throat> I see stuff like that. And here's a headline that annoyed me. It's from the business section of the New York Times this weekend. Accenture appoints a woman as its chief. Can you imagine? <laughs> I needn't bother to say this, right? Can you imagine a headline? Accenture appoints a man as its chief. It's 2019 and we're still getting headlines like Accenture appoints a three-headed person as it's, you know, it's so unbelievable that it's just a woman. Who the woman is, you got to read further. And as it turns out, this brings to the S&P 500, 500 of the biggest companies in the country, this woman is now the 27th to head an S&P 500 company. I don't do math well. I don't even want to know the percentage. And you wonder, how does a president, this misogynistic, racist president. <laughs> Look at our country. All right, Beth's coming from another direction. Here we go. I wish I was able to call you about this, but the one person to blame with all the dysfunction with the Democratic Party is its chair, Tom Perez. This man has shown he cannot do the job needed during this time. If we had a real chair, we would not have 25-plus presidential candidates. We would have worked with major donors to set up PACs and blitz with TV and Internet ads combating Trump's crap. We won the House because of Pelosi and the help of Bloomberg, who funded Democratic candidates who the DNC did not support. Perez, by the head, is the head of the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. Perez has also helped foster this infighting by instituting a rule that if you run against a Democratic incumbent, any political company that helps you will be banned by other DNC candidates. For us to have a chance in 2020, per Perez needs to go now. Well, I get he ain't going anywhere. This part, the Republican Party is vile. The Democratic Party is just incompetent. Henry writes, Trump may be the perfect embodiment of what this country has become. 
but at least we should thank him for revealing all those around us who for years we've considered normal. I never knew, he said. Here's what a lot of white people are saying. I never knew I had so many white supremacists in my social circles. And as we lick our wounds and feel sorry for our country, let's not forget the most important victim of the Trump administration. Truth. It's a good point. Truth. The Trump political machine. These people are masters at changing the narrative. Truth seekers like us don't even know what to believe now. By the way, if you think defeating Trump in 2020 will make him go away, you would be wrong. I absolutely agree. We're stuck with him and his tweets until his dying day. There is no doubt. Absolutely agree. Oh, and last uh, I saw you, the, uh, okay, so since we last talked, uh, we've lost the uh, labor secretary, Acosta. Um, can you even remember all these people? All, remember, he was only going to put the finest people in. Have you, do you remember some of the finest people who pff, disappeared like Acosta? You remember a guy named... Michael Flynn, oh yeah, he didn't last long, but he managed to do some serious damage. Uh, Tom Price, you remember him? Yeah. He was the Health and Human Services Secretary um, who was forced out because turns out he was using government jets to fly him and his family all over Kingdom Come, which I can't believe got him kicked out of this administration. Rob Porter, remember him? One of the finest. He was in the White House and was forced out because uh, two of his ex-wives uh, accused him of uh, abuse, physical abuse. The fact is, is that all these people who are gone, Ryan Zinke, who famously uh, took the office of Interior Secretary and at Trump's inauguration rode into town on a horse with his cowboy hat, on. He'd be gone. There were so many investigations into him that uh, he had to leave. Um, Scott Pruitt with a gazillion dollar phone booth and all the other crap. Uh, Jeff Sessions, John Kelly, Anthony Scaramucci, Rex Tillerson, Mattis. The turnover in this administration is at 74%. If you def take the A-team, the decision makers in this administration, 74%. We're not even three years in. 74%. No other modern administration comes even anywhere near that number. And all of these people are replaced with acting people, acting chiefs who do not require confirmation by the Senate with, you know, the inconvenience of having public hearings. And now the Department of Labor, the Department of Homeland Security and Defense will, have, will be headed by acting secretaries. There are acting directors of the of Citizenship and Immigration Services, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Customs and Border Protection, acting UN ambassador. How long ago did Nikki Haley jump ship? We don't have anyone really uh, in that position. We have an acting White House chief of staff. We have an acting OMB head. We have an acting, listen to this, acting secretaries of the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force. Acting director of FEMA. There's no, there's not even a deputy, act, not even an acting deputy director of Homeland Security. Okay, 
And as I look at this list, you know, with all of the things having to do with border protection, ICE and uh, Homeland Security and all of this, if there was what Trump suggests is this national emergency, you wouldn't make sure that you had some stability in the very agencies that were supposed to counter it. And, oh, let us take just a minute, because we're out of time, to realize that there was no massive deportations and ice breaking down people's doors uh, yesterday as threatened, because what it was about, and I suggested this on Thursday, was simply terror. It was simply about terrorizing every person in this country who is, does not have legal status. And that numbers millions of human beings who this administration loves to torture. If they can't round them up and stick them in stinking cages, then they'll go for psychological torture. Welcome to your country, circa 2019, and God help us. I'll see you tomorrow.